so also shall my heavenly Father do to you unless every one of you forgives your brother from your heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, we hear this parable, and we get the impression that he's talking about money, and that would be because the story is about money. But he's talking about forgiving the people that have offended us from our heart, completely and totally forgiving them. That could be involving money. It could be a, some kind of an insult or some way that we were offended by someone, great and small. That's what he's talking about. We need to forgive completely and totally. Now that rolls off the tongue very easily, but it's much difficult to do. To forgive people that have somehow offended us, wronged us in some way, great ways, perhaps. And yet, lack of forgiveness is far more painful than forgiving. And I'm not talking about the person that is forgiving. I'm talking about the person that will not forgive. To hold that grudge, to hold that hurt in one's heart tampers your whole life. Obviously, the story was put there for obvious reason. Some translations say that this man, old master, the Lord, $10 million. Okay, and this has 10,000 talents. A lot, nonetheless. And he didn't, wasn't patient and just waited for him to pay up. He just forgave the whole debt. It was gone. He didn't owe him anything. One would be rather grateful for that type of gesture. But what did he do? He found someone that was, had borrowed from him a very small amount. And he went, he throttled him. He wanted to pay back what you owe me. You figure the guy's already ahead of the game as far as the, 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 the talent she looks, right? And yet he wants this little bit from his servant. He would not forgive him as he was forgiven. That's the point of the thing. And the end, for us, if we're not willing to forgive, we won't be forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got many things to be forgiven of. So it's always in our best interest to forgive and to move on, to forget. Who does that help? It helps those, obviously, who need to be forgiven, but it certainly helps those are the ones that somehow are offended. And we need to think about that. Why is our Lord putting this point down for us? Because he knows what kind of world we live in and knows the temptations that come our way. And somehow we feel that if we can get someone to, do, to, to pay up us, somehow that'll make all things better. But in reality, 
If it's not reciprocal, it doesn't help at all. The epistle reading points out to us very, very clearly that we need to arm ourselves with the things of heaven because we're fighting the things of hell. You need to realize that. The devil's out in force with his minions to tempt us away from Christ, away from his teachings. And he's the one that tells us in our head secretly saying, don't forgive, don't forgive, get even. And that does sound somewhat logical, doesn't it? The devil always makes things look logical. And he knows where to get us at our weakest point. And so it's up to us to recognize that and to put on the armor of God, the things that God has given us to fight against the ways of the devil. Now, the other things about this that if we imagine our world, that everyone would do that, everyone would forgive, everyone would move on. What would they report in the news? There won't be much to report. And so our Lord is asking us to do this, to do things his way so that we can convert other souls to his way. If we forgive completely and move on with our lives, if it's done properly, then the person that we've forgiven or the persons that we've forgiven then see that and imitate the same. And then it begins to build and build. Now, obviously, it's difficult because the devil's not going to let that happen, but we need to recognize that. But in the process of doing what our Lord wants us to do, forgiving completely and totally and moving on, if we do that, the world ultimately will be a better place because he wants this to spread. One can preach a very wonderful message and one could leave a very pious life. But if one doesn't practice the things that are preached, the practice, the, the things of piety in our daily lives and the simple things of life, the faith doesn't go anywhere. Who spread the faith to the whole world? 11, eventually, once again, 12 apostles took that message and went to the corners of the earth and spread it. Who were those apostles? Sinful men, think about it. We know about some of them. One denied him, one doubted him. What was looking for the greatest place in heaven? How can I arrange that behind the scenes? These are the ones that went and spread the message to the whole world. He takes us in our weakness. He takes us in our sinfulness. He tells us what he wants us to do and he sends us out. Why? To bring his message of salvation to the world and the world needs it desperately today. It needs that message desperately so they can come to know the ways of Christ. He could snap his fingers in an instant and the whole world could be converted. But that doesn't he want. He doesn't want it that way. He doesn't want to force us into conversion. He wants us to freely choose it. To choose his way over the ways of the world. Freely. And the foundation of the ability to be able to forgive is love. Not the love the world sings about. The love that he's talking about 
is exemplified in our Lord's death on the cross. That's the picture of love. To sacrifice oneself for the other. God the Father loved us so much in our sinfulness that he sent his only begotten Son that he might redeem us from our sins by his horrendous death on the cross. That's love. And we're called to imitate that love in forgiving. You could try it. Certainly can't hurt. Well, they'll take advantage of you. Yeah, so? That's not my problem, that's theirs. We need to try to imitate that. But in order to be able to do that, we have to be strong and arm ourselves with the armor of God. To make sure that our souls are spiritually solid and strong. And we do that by having a good and solid prayer life. What you do here on Sunday is not or should not be the extent of your spiritual life. This is where we're nourished, particularly with the most holy Eucharist. Our Lord himself comes to us. But if we're nourished with him, if we spend time with him, then we can live our lives as he wants us to do it. We can't do it without his help. That's the other important thing. If we start practicing the virtues, he'll continue to help us with those things. But we have to know who God is and who is in, in our life. Is he part of your life? Is he part of my life? If we profess to be a follower of him, he better be. Lately, I've been reading a spiritual book in Sine Jesu, At the Side of Jesus. It's written by an Irish monk. And what it is, it's as our Lord is asking through him that we spend time with him present in the most blessed sacrament of the altar, to spend time to adore him. When we come into this church or any church that has the blessed sacrament, Christ is present with us, enthroned on the altar, if you will. Our king is here. But to spend time with him, and you know, when you come to spend that time with him, you don't have to say prayers. You can, but you don't have to. He wants us just to be with him. So we ultimately can hear his voice in our hearts, strengthening us in our resolve to follow him. Our Lord is asking that particularly in our world today. When I was a kid, and that's many years ago, it was very common for us as we walked downtown to do a little bit of shopping, to stop in the church on the way in and to make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament, to our Lord. And then we went, did our shopping, passed the church on the way back. We made another visit to the Blessed Sacrament. That was how I grew up. Now, that's fallen into disuse to some degree. There are some places that's still possible. Of course, the churches were also open from sunrise to sunset. But our Lord desires that. He desires to be close to the people he loves. And it's up to us individually. You can't force anyone individually to go and spend time with him in the Blessed Sacrament 
to worship and adore him. Why? Because he's given everything that we have and everything we are. That's how we're able to forgive. As he's asking us to forgive completely and totally. Even if the person is badly offended. Even if the person has not said they're sorry. Don't be taken advantage by that. They need to know what they did was wrong. But forgive, because it certainly paves a much more holy way of living one's life. If you're taken advantage of, that's their problem, not yours. Forgive, because if we don't, as the last line of the gospel said, your heavenly Father will do the same to you if you do not forgive everyone from your heart. So we all need to think about that. I don't stand here as, as a perfect example. I understand the difficulties, but we have to try to do that. It's what he's asking and how different our world would be if we would do that. 